This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. The title of my sermon this morning is Steps to Our Healing. Steps to Our Healing. Amen? And uh, you know there are steps that we all need to take to walk in divine health. And, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, I love my, the, the scripture that I, I quote quite often. Uh, it's in John 10, 10. Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So that was really his job title is to give us life and life more abundance. And sickness is not abundance of life. So, so, so God wants us enjoying our life, but to enjoy it, we need to take steps to walk in divine health. And the first step uh, that we need to take, and this is the key because if we walk out of this step, we can walk into the territory of sickness and disease. And that step is the love step. The love step. The only reason why uh, it doesn't mention too much in the Bible about our saints going home early, but it does mention it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, Paul is talking about taking the communion. And he was talking about in Corinthians that the people that were taking communion, uh, they, weren't, uh, they weren't coming in and doing it right. They, they were coming in and they were treat, mistreating one another. And they had a bad attitude. And they were not discerning. See, when you take communion, you got to discern uh, the body of Jesus, what he did on the cross. But you also have to discern the body of Christ. I'm preaching today. And I'm telling you, when we step out of love, we will step into, you know, judgment. Glory to God. Because this covenant is a covenant of love. Can somebody uh, give me a witness this morning? And so we must, we must have a good report with people in the church. Walk in love towards people in the church. And the Bible actually says we, we're supposed to have a good report of people outside the church. Oh, I'm preaching today. So that means people outside the church should, should, should uh, be, uh, we should be living exemplary lives outside the church. Where we don't uh, have a cause for people to look down on us outside the church. Can I get a witness in, in the house today? So we're talking about walking in divine health this morning. And so we don't want to give the devil any opportunity to attack our bodies. And Paul said that many, uh, some are sick and they, and, they, and they die early in Christ because they don't discern the body. And they're taking communion like they're okay, but they're not judging themselves and making sure that they're in right position. I'm preaching today. And I'm telling you, we need to always be examining ourselves to make sure that we're in the faith. And if you're in faith, faith worketh by love. I'm preaching today. If, to, to be in optimal faith, you have to walk in the love of God. And the love of God, you know, the Lord was revealing this to me this, this week, is patience. And glory to God. It's love. Love is actually patience. Amen. And if you can stay patient with all the wrong things happening to you, you're going you're gonna to maintain your faith walk. Glory to God. Amen. And it's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. So we don't get out of patience. Amen. We're going to stay in the love of God. Can I get a witness? Because love is patient. If we can get that down, if we can just get that one truth down that love is patient 
And I'm not just saying being patient with others. I'm also saying being patient with yourself. Because we all miss it in many ways. Amen. And, we, and we're, all, we're all growing in this love walk. And, 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 and we, we're all trying to obtain to that place, that high place in God. Amen. We all want to be like Jesus. How many people want to look like Jesus in here? Amen. Amen. I want to be mistaken for Jesus. Amen. We need to be mistaken. There's a song called Mistaken for Jesus. Look it up sometime. It's a great song, and, and uh, it's a Christian song. And, uh, and in, in, the, in the lyrics, he says, mistaken for Jesus. I want to live my life that people mistake me as being Jesus. Amen. Now, we're not Jesus, but we are Christ. In other words, we have the anointing of, of Christ on us, the hope of glory. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you're anointed. Amen. So you are anointed this morning. And so, so the greatest commandment, because, you know, Jesus sort of, he, he flipped the script uh, when he came into being in here. Uh, and he started walking around and doing ministry. Uh, in the Old Testament, it was law. Amen. You had to obey or, or the curse would come on you. Amen. And then you had to, they had a sacrifice system set up to, to take care of their sins. Thank God for that. And, uh, but, but, but when Jesus came, it says he, was, he came with grace and truth. Grace and truth. And so that's amazing to me that Jesus came with grace and truth. And I'm going to say it's always grace first before truth. It's always the grace of God that comes into our life. And then he gives us the truth to areas that we need to change. But he gives us the grace to come in to a relationship with him. And then he starts working with us in areas where we might need to adjust in. Isn't that right? And so we need to, we need to make sure that we're, that we're walking in the love of God. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 through 40, uh, Jesus said to him, uh, uh, to a person that asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. So we see here that Jesus was actually saying was, is that if we just maintain that love walk, we will fulfill all the commandments that's ever been written in the Old Testament. Yes, amen. amen. And there were a lot of commandments. But if you maintain that love walk, you're going to be obeying the Ten Commandments. You don't have to memorize the Ten Commandments. All you got to do is obey this, these two commandments. Then, then you will make sure that you're loving others. When Jesus was with his disciples, uh, you know, they, all, they didn't always get along. You know, they, was, they were always, they were volleying for attention. Uh, they were trying to see who was going to be the best in the group. Some of them wanted to sit at the right hand of Jesus. You know, it, it was, there was some competition. Can somebody say competition? And so Jesus finally, you know, towards the end of his ministry, before, you know, I really believe it was the end of his ministry, he, he, he talks to his disciples in John 13, 34 and 35. And he says to them, a new commandment I give to you. Amen. Not a new suggestion, but a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples 
if you have love for one another. And so I think about that is, is that Jesus said, you've got to love people like I love you. Amen. And how does Jesus love us? He loves us unconditionally. He, he, Jesus, Jesus considered us greater than himself. Oh, I'm, oh I, that's a, that, you, can, you can tweet that. Jesus considered us great. What am I saying that? Because he was willing to lay down his life. His own life on this earth, he was willing to lay it down for us. So he actually considered us greater, oh, I'm preaching today, than himself in a sense where he, where he laid down his life so that we could have eternal life. He was willing to lay it down, amen? So what, what do we have to do as Christians? We need to learn to lay down our lives for one another. Now that, that, and I'm going to be reading some scriptures. I'm going to say this. These scriptures are hard scriptures to, to live by. Because I'm going to say this, that we have flesh. And our flesh always wants to rise up. And we want to justify ourselves. We want to, we want to fight against those that fight against us. Amen. And so, and so some of these scriptures that I'm going to read, it, it, it's, it's a tall order. It, it's, it's very hard on our flesh. Can I get a witness today? You know, you know, somebody slaps you, you're going to slap them back harder, right? That's, that's kind of our, that's how we feel. You, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back harder. Amen. Anybody ever, ever have siblings? Uh, you grew up with siblings. If, you, if, you, if I did something to one of my siblings, they would try to come back at me twice as much. If I'm talking to anybody today. And so, and so in Matthew 7, 12, it says that whatever you want, this is one of the, the, this is one of the greatest commandments. It's called the golden rule. And it says, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, also do also to them, for this is the law of the prophet. So how do you want people to treat you? So if you want people to treat you right, then you treat people right. In other words, another way of saying it, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so, so in other words, if you're in traffic and, and somebody's trying to come into your line, let them in. Glory to God. In other words, you know, you give, give some grace. Amen. Do, do something nice. You know, I had somebody let me in the other day. I said, oh, they must be a Christian. You know, <laughs> glory to God. They, they let me into the line. You know, they said, come on in, come on in. And, uh, and, uh, and, so, and so, so when you're doing small acts of kindness, that reveals who's you, you are from. You, you are from your heavenly father. And God is the God. He's so generous. He's so loving. He, he gave his very best to us. Amen. His son, Jesus. And we have to continue to give our very best. So we need to do unto others as we would want other people to do unto us. Isn't that right? And so I like in Romans 13, 8 and 10. This is another good scripture on love. It says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments that you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. If there's any other commandments are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. 
So, so I, you know, who's your neighbor? You might say, well, well, my neighbor is just the people in the church. I can be nice to the people in the church, but everybody outside the church I can treat bad. No, no, no. Everybody is considered your neighbor. Now, they may not be a brother in Christ, but, but they, they are still considered a neighbor. Amen. Anybody that you're connected with, glory to God. The person in need of help is considered a neighbor. Amen. It's considered somebody that you want to help. It was when, when Jesus talked about uh, the, the, uh, the, the man that fell uh, under thieves and, and the good Samaritan came up and, and helped this man. This this what Jesus was saying. It was the man, you know, he says, who's my neighbor? When the person asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? And Jesus gives that parable of the man that was 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 hurt and, and bruised and, and, and the good Samaritan came along and helped him. You, you are the neighbor to somebody that needs help at times. Amen. Amen. So we need to walk in. If you're going to walk in for uh, love, you have to forgive and stay healthy. One of the things that the enemy will do is he will try to keep us harboring ill will or bitterness towards people, towards companies. Has any company ever done you wrong? Uh, anything, you know, he wants us to harbor ill will, bitterness towards uh, anybody that you don't agree with. Amen. I'm very careful in judging people. I don't want to judge people. That's not my, that's, that's not my, you know, job. It's God's job to judge people. My job is to pray for people. If people do something that's wrong, and especially if they're a Christian in the body of Christ, you know, I, before judging them, I'm going to pray for them. Praise Amen. I don't want to judge anybody. Why? God's the great judge. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on the throne judging. Thank God for that. Because there would be a lot of people knocked out. Glory to God. I don't have, I don't have, the, mer- I don't have the mercy like God has, has the mercy. Amen. And then I like what it says in Matthew 18, 21, 35. Now I'm moving. I'm trying to move in that mercy gift. Amen. I know there's people that have the mercy gift, man. I, I have the prophetic gift. You know, just tell the truth and hear the truth, do the truth and get it done. Amen. And Matthew 18, 21, 35. Uh, Peter talks, uh, the Lord talks about, Peter actually goes to the Lord and he says to to the Lord, and I'm going to just paraphrase it this morning. He goes to the Lord and says, how many times should I forgive my brother? And, uh, and, and he says, up to seven times. And, Pete, and Peter thought he was being gracious. He thought, oh man, you know, how many times does my brother have to do something wrong to me that I forgive him? Do, is it, and he thought he was being really gracious. He was like, seven times, Lord? And, and he thought that, that the Lord would agree with him. Oh, yeah, seven times, is a, it, it's enough. But, but Jesus did not agree with him. Jesus said, not, I say to you, not up to seven times, but up to seven, seven times 70. And, uh, and that's 490 times, amen? That's a lot of times. And then, he, then Jesus talks about, well, there's a certain king, and he starts talking about a king, uh, and, and there's a, a certain man that owed the king millions of dollars. And, and he was brought before the king and the king was, uh, had the power to, to exact judgment on this man. And this man was about ready to be thrown into prison. And the man begged the king and asked the king for mercy and more time. And, and the king had, uh, you know, felt sorry for that man and, and, and felt compassion for that man. And that king 
totally forgave him of his debts of millions of dollars. That's pretty awesome. You know, that's saying that God has forgiven us of a debt that we could not pay. I'm preaching today. We owed a debt we could not pay. And, 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 and he paid a debt that he did not owe. And that's what we call grace. See, I'm going to say this. You can't earn your way into heaven. You can't do enough good works to make it into heaven. It comes by grace through faith that we're saved. And even your faith is a gift of God. Oh, I'm preaching today. Some of you say, well, I faith got it done. No, God gives us a measure of faith. So he gives us a measure of faith to believe. I'm preaching today. Even your faith is the grace of God in your life. Am I preaching to anybody today? And so here, so we got to understand this. Everything that we're walking in is really the grace of God. Anything good that we're walking in, it's the grace of God. Yes, it's implemented by faith. But even that faith, he gives us that measure. And then when you sit and you listen to the word of God, you develop more faith so that you can walk in more grace so that you can win more in life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? More grace. And I'm telling you, you will see the grace and graciousness of God in your lives. And, and so that man left the king and found another man on the street that owed him some money. And he took him by the throat and started choking him. Think about this. And said, pay me my money you owe me. And the man did the same thing that he did before the king. Begged him and said, give me more time. And you would think that he would have, he would have gave him more time or release that debt but no he went ahead and threw this man in prison uh, because he owed him a little bit of money well the king found out about this and so and I'm going to say this that everything lays open and naked before our father God in heaven and we don't get away with anything you, you might think somebody's getting away with something nobody gets away with anything amen the Bible says whatever you sow so shall you reap if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. If you sow to the, to, to the spirit, you will reap life. Glory to God. And so the king had this man brought up. Amen. And the man was brought up and he said, you know, I forgave you of all this debt. Shouldn't you have forgiven your brother of his debt? What is that saying? That's saying that we have no right to hold anything against anybody. I'm preaching today. We have no right to harbor ill will or bitterness towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have no right to do that, to, to, to get offended. You know, we, get, we have people sometimes, they get offended. Sometimes they get offended and leave the church. And they don't allow, you know, they don't allow any, any uh, restitution, I mean, any restoration. They don't, they don't, they don't talk it out. No, they, they, just, they just take off. They, they let offense destroy the fellowship that they have with the body. And sometimes they don't even make it back into church. What is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to destroy our fellowship. He's trying to destroy our fellowship with the Father. He's trying to destroy our fellowship with other uh, believers. He's trying to destroy our fellowship. Amen. Let's look at Matthew 5, 44 to 48. It says here, but I, uh, this is what we do. For the unlovely, amen? Because we're going to be dealing in this life, you're going to deal with unlovely people. Has anybody in this church ever dealt with somebody that's unlovely? How about people hard to love? 
Or there's anybody ever come into a place, you might say, yes, pastor, that's my spouse, the person that's hard to love. No, hopefully it's not your spouse. It's hopefully it's not your kids, glory to God. Hopefully it's not your boss, amen. But, but what, what do we do with people that, that are hard to love? And Matthew, I'm going to say this. When I read these scriptures, these are tall orders. These are something that we got to work on the rest of our lives. It's not something that comes easy. Why? Because we have flesh. We, ha- we have that, that flesh nature that wants to rise up. That flesh wants to rise up and justify ourselves. And we don't need to be, God will justify us. I'm going to say it again. You don't need to try to justify yourself with others. No, God can vindicate you. Some, you know, the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Sometimes, uh, sometimes if somebody's trying to take you down to Chinatown, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to tear you up and, and, and speak negative or do something wrong uh, to you, you know, uh, sometimes you just, just need to just be quiet. Just, just, just let it go. Amen. And here he says here, but I say to you, love your enemies. That, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I, somebody, maybe I do something wrong while I'm driving and somebody flips me off or yells at me or whatever. And I, was, and I would say under my breath, bless you, brother. <laughs> God bless you. Amen. Amen. Why? Because I'm trying to get that out of my system. I'm trying, I'm trying, you know, the Bible says here, but I say to you, love your enemies. Matthew 5, 44 through 48. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. This is a tall order. I, I, I'm going to say that these are not easy words. I mean, most of us want to skip over this stuff. We want to say, can, can I take my brother to court, pastor? Is that all right? Yeah, can I, can I sue him? Is it legal to sue my brother? Well, well, Paul said that we should not be taking one another to court. Paul says if somebody does you wrong, just, sometimes you just got to let it go. You know, that's what the world does. But we're not, we're not here to sue one another. Take them to court. Well, it's the right. They didn't do me right. Yeah, but God can turn it around for your good. Whatever the enemy means for harm, if the, if the enemy steals from you, he's going to have to repay back sevenfold. I like what one person said. When somebody does me wrong and they do me wrong, maybe financially, I, I just consider it a seed sown so I can receive a blessing over it. So consider it a seed sown if somebody doesn't pay you back, that they owe you some money. Just consider it a seed sown and let God pay you back. Can I get a witness in the house today? But he says, I love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than, than others? Does not even the tax collectors do, do so? Therefore shall you be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Glory to God. So what is he saying? He, he, was, he was comparing us to tax collectors at that time and tax collectors they were kind of 
They were the, the, they were the, the, the people that took advantage of the people of God. And, and, and so they were the people that were, sometimes they would uh, extract more taxes than what they, what they really needed. Why? To pad their pockets. And so the tax collectors were looked down on in that day. And he's he saying tax collectors, even evil people, are good to people that are good to them. Amen. But the people that are bad to them, then they are negative. But, but we need to be good to all people. Look at your neighbor and say, be good to all people. Now, now I'm talking about steps today. And you could call this first step the love cure. If you walk in the love of God, then it's going to be hard for the devil to attack you. Because you're walking in love, and so you're not harboring any ill will or bitterness towards anybody. And ill will bitterness blocks the blessings of God in our lives. In other words, we, to walk in faith, you can't have any anger in your heart. You can't have any resentment in your heart. You can't have any bitterness in your heart. Why? It hurts your faith. Because faith doesn't work through bitterness. Faith doesn't work through uh, hurt feelings. Faith works through love. So that's the only way faith can work is through the love of God in our lives. Are you, are you getting it today? So the second step is yet you need to know without a shadow of doubt that, that God wants you to walk in divine health. And we can, there are so many scriptures in the Bible that reveals God's will in us walking in divine health. One of them is the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, at the very beginning, he, he, they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Now, what is God's will in heaven? You have to ask yourself. Well, heaven is a wealthy place. Streets of gold, mansions, glory to God. It's a wealthy place. So, 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 so God's will in heaven is for us to walk in abundance. And then uh, heaven is a healthy place. There's nobody sick in heaven. Some would say, you know, some will say, well, God will heal you in heaven. That's, you know, when you get to heaven, you can be healed. No, you can be healed down here. God's will is not for you just to get to heaven to be healed. You don't need a healing when you get to heaven. You need a healing down here. I mean, thank God when you get to heaven, you're going to be whole, glory to God. But we can be whole here, down here on planet earth. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So he says, pray that it will be like here, like it is in heaven. And heaven is a wealthy place. Heaven is a healthy place. Heaven is full of love. And so if, if everybody's healthy in heaven, then he's saying that God's will is for everybody to be healthy down here. Now, everybody's not healthy down here. Why? Because we have to choose to be healthy. In other words, we have to desire to be healthy. I heard one person that, that was invited to church, and, and, and there was a healing evangelist, and, and he got a word from the Lord, if you come out to church tonight, uh, I believe God's going to heal you, and he was in a wheelchair, and, uh, and uh, he was a retired police officer, and he didn't show up. And so the pastor came the next day and went over there and said, why didn't you show up? He said, well, I got a pension. <laughs> and I'm getting a pension for my uh, disability. And, and I didn't want to, you know, in other words, he didn't want to lose his pension. <laughs> Do you know some people don't want to get healed? Some people rather stay in their plight. Why? They can get sympathy. 
They're going to get people dawdling over them. Some people don't want to be healed. Yeah, that's why when Jesus went to that person and, and, and that person that was laying at the pool of Bethesda and he was laying there many years, uh, uh, many, many years. And Jesus said, wilt thou be made whole? So, so Jesus, you know, and I, like you think, oh, yeah, this guy wants to get healed. And Jesus said, do you want to get healed? He actually asked him that question. And he was sitting by the pool where, where an angel would stir up the water, where people would get in and get healed. And it appeared that he wanted healing. And, and finally, Jesus said, take up your pallet and walk. And he, and he got healed, glory to God. But the bottom line was, the, the bottom line is, in, in our thinking, will you be made whole? Do you want to be made well? Are you desiring to be made well? Or is what you're dealing with something that you can deal with? If you can deal with it, then God's, if you're okay with it, God's okay with it. But if you're not okay with it, God's not okay with it. Am I preaching today? Sometimes we get used to our affliction. That becomes uh, our identity. Our afflictions become our identity. Make sure that you're not allowing your affliction, your sin, whatever it is, to be your identity. No, you identify with Jesus Christ. Was Jesus ever sick when he was walking down here? No. If he, he, sickness was put on him at the cross, glory to God, every sin, every sickness was laid at, on him at the cross. But you know what? He was never sick in his ministry. And I don't even believe any of the disciples were sick when they walked with him in the ministry, except for Peter's mother-in-law. And remember, Jesus healed her, glory to God. Amen. And so we see here that, number one, we need to pray like it's down here, like it's in heaven. Number two, uh, the reason why we know it's God's will for, for us to walk in divine health is it, Jesus commissioned uh, the disciples uh, it's G- well, Jesus commission. Let me put it that way. And Jesus commission is, is John 10, 10. Again, he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. But the first message he preached was an amazing message. And this is what the first message he preached. He, he pulled it out of Isaiah. He said, the spirit of the Lord this is in Luke 4, 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And so really, this is what he's saying. He's saying, I came to, to set the poor free. I came to heal the brokenhearted. I, I, I came to proclaim liberty to the captives. You know, that's the reason why, why God created church. The, the, the church mission is the same thing. I'm saying the same thing. It's to heal you, to, to set you free from every ailment, to bring you into the grace of God, to heal your broken hearts, glory to God. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so Jesus' great commission is saying, I'm, I came to heal you and to deliver you and to set you free from every ailment. And, and you know what? I believe in one person had a revelation of this. They actually had a vision of Jesus because Jesus would go around Teaching and preaching and healing. Amen. That's what he did. He, he, he would teach, he would preach, and he would heal. Amen. 
He would deliver. He would set free. Glory to God. And so that's really was his routine. And somebody asked him, he said, what, what did you preach to get the people in faith? And he said, I preached this text everywhere I went. I preached that God has anointed me. To minister the gospel of the Lord Jesus. To minister the gospel. To set the captives free. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Brother Hagin had a, uh, a visitation from Jesus. Jesus actually visited him. And Jesus touched both of his hands. And uh, said, I'm giving you a healing anointing. And, he, and, and, and Jesus said, when you uh, pray for people, uh, the healing anointing will, will drive out sickness and, and demons and disease, glory to God, and will heal the people. But Jesus said that, that, that for the healing anointing to work, to Brother Hagin, he said, you must tell people that I appeared to you. You must tell people that I touched both of your hands. And if they accept that as truth, then they can receive the healing from it. See, see, he was doing the same thing Jesus was doing everywhere he preached. I came to set the captives free. I came to heal the brokenhearted. So why? They had to get a revelation of why Jesus was there. He, in other words, he gave his mission statement everywhere he went. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, and what, what did it do? It gave the people faith and then the anointing worked and then, then disease, uh, it was driven out. Demons were driven out. People were set free like they're being set free in Exceed Life Church. In, in Acts, uh, Acts 10.38, uh, Peter got the revelation of Jesus' mission call because Peter was always there and, he, and, and Jesus was always taking the same text, I came to heal the brokenhearted. And so Peter got a revelation of that in Cornelius' house talking about Jesus and he said this to Cornelius, he says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all. And who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Notice that that was Jesus' commission. He went about doing good, and he went about healing all. You cannot separate the gospel from healing. You cannot separate it. It it, it goes hand in hand. We know that it's God's will for, for us to be healed because of the disciples' commission in the day that Jesus was teaching his disciples to do the same thing he was doing. In Luke 10, 8, 9, whatever city you enter, he's talking about his disciples, and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you. And, and he says, heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near. Think about that. The, the, the proof of the kingdom being near to you is healing. I'm preaching to this morning. The proof of the kingdom coming near to us is healing, glory to God. And that's what he said. He said, heal the sick. They were walking under Jesus' healing anointing. Amen. We know that it's Jesus' will for us to be healed because of the great commission. The great commission. Why am I, why am I teaching you this this morning? Because some people will pray, Lord, heal me if it be thy will. And, you know, that is a that is a prayer of unbelief. 
Because if you don't know what the will of God is, if you, if you can't ascertain the will of God and you say, if it be thy will, well, then, then, you, then that's, a, that's a badge of doubt in your faith. Well, God, hopefully God will heal me if it's his will. Well, I'm teaching you it is his will for you to be healed. Is it God's will for all to be saved? Yes, it's all God's will for all to be saved. You wouldn't question that. Well, I'm not too sure if God wants to save that brother over there. Amen. Or that sister over there. No, no, you wouldn't question that. You know it's God's will to save all. So if it's God's will to save all, there's no debate about salvation. There should be no debate about healing. It's God's will to heal all. Well, how can you say that, Pastor? Because Jesus, every person he came in contact with, he, he healed, glory to God. Except for the people that were in unbelief, that doubted who he was, that doubted his message. Well, that doubt kept them from being healed because they didn't respect who Jesus was. Because doubt, you doubt, you'll do without. You believe, you will receive. And so you had to believe People had to believe what Jesus preached, that he was anointed to heal the brokenhearted, to, to open blind eyes. You have to believe that. And, and, and so if you believe that, if, you're, if you attach your believing with that, then you can receive the power that backs that up. Can I get a witness today? So we know it's God's will because he would not have given us the great commission. And in the Great Commission, it says, Mark 16, 15 and 8, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Somebody say, I'm a believing believer. You know, these signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Notice that's the first thing that God says or that Jesus actually gave as a commission, that we have the power to cast out demons. Amen. Isn't that amazing? That they will speak with new tongues, that they will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. And, and, it's, and, the, and the last, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So if healing wasn't the will of God, why would Jesus commission us to lay hands on the sick for them to recover. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? No, no. It is God's will for us to walk in divine health. It's not a maybe. Well, sometimes people, what they do is because somebody didn't receive their healing or whatever, they, they, they go with, with what they experience instead of what the word of God says. And your experiences, they, they may not line up with the word of God. And just because a person doesn't get healed doesn't mean it's not God's will for them to be healed. It could be a plethora of reasons why they didn't get healed. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? It could be many reasons why they may have went home and gone, gone to heaven, glory to God. If, if they died and went to heaven. They might have wanted to go to heaven. They might have wanted to just check out. They may have been done fighting the fight of faith. It, you know, it, it's a struggle fighting sometimes disease and sickness and it's not easy all the time and sometimes you just want to give up and if somebody wants to just say hey listen I just want heaven to be my home glory to God then we should celebrate that amen we should celebrate that because heaven is a promotion and not a demotion I want to say it again heaven is a promotion just because somebody may even died early in this life and they were a Christian doesn't mean that, 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 that they were a failure, glory to God. 
Amen. No, heaven is a promotion. Healing is for us because Jesus paid for it in his atonement. Healing is for us. But he was wounded in Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. That's amazing to me. This, this is a messianic message to each one of us. This is saying that this is what Jesus paid for. By his stripes, we are healed. Surely Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Peter says it this way. Who himself bore our sins on his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. And, of course, Peter was looking back to the cross when he said, you were healed. We were healed back at the cross, glory to God, when Jesus paid that price. Hallelujah. So why do some people fail to receive again? Why do they fail to receive? Well, they fail to receive, even though they may know some of these truths, because they fail to take authority in Jesus' name over that sickness. Sometimes they pray, God, heal me. God, heal me. That, that's a good prayer, but that prayer won't get the job done. Oh, you're saying, what, Pastor? You're saying to me, if I pray, God, heal me, it may not work. That's right. Because Jesus said, speak to the mountain. He didn't say, pray about the mountain or pray, God to, the, uh, pray, about, pray to God about the mountain. He said for us to speak to the mountain. Amen. Amen. So what do you need to do? You need to speak to that disease. You need to speak to that ailment. You need to speak to it in the name of Jesus. You need to speak to it. Jesus said, I give you power in my name. In his name. That's what he was saying in the Great Commission. If, if, you, if you pray over people in his name and believe. So what do we got to do? You got to speak to it. I heard of a testimony where this lady was dealing with some burning in her hands. And, and, uh, and, she, uh, and, and the, the minister talked to her about speaking to the problem. And then uh, the, the burning went away. And as she started walking out. Uh, of the church, she said, the burning's back, the burning's back. And he said, he said, well, what did I teach you to do? And she said, oh, Father God, thank you that I'm healed by Jesus stripes. I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that you paid the price. And, 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 then, he, and then he said, how does it feel? She says, it's still there. And, I, and he said, that's a good prayer, but you got to speak to it. And so he, uh, she said, I speak to this burning in the, in the name of Jesus. And as soon as she said that, the burning left. See, some of us aren't speaking to the problem. We're talking to God about the problem. God, you know my problem. You know I'm dealing with this. Heal me, heal me, heal me. Well, in God's mind, you're already healed. You've got to learn to receive it, but you've got to learn to speak to it. You've got to learn to speak to your mountains. Amen. Or your mountains will start speaking to you. And if you allow your mountain, don't listen. I said this before. Don't echo your mountain. You know, an echo when you when you say, hello, hello, hello. You know, you say, I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. (laughs) You know, when, when your mountain's telling you you're sick, don't echo that. I'm sick. No, 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 no. Echo the word of God. Say, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Speak to that infirmity. Command that. You're saying, Pastor, that's pretty radical. Well, Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He, he cursed the fig tree. And, he, and, and Peter said, look at the fig tree. It's withered. And, and Jesus said, have faith in God. 
If you say to, that goes back, if you say to the mountain, so Jesus gives this principle of speaking. Your words are more powerful than you think they are. And in, in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So, 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 so you can speak life with your tongue or you can speak death. I'm going to speak life. There's a song that says, speak life. And we need to learn to speak life to our circumstances. Don't agree with the doctors. Amen. You may have gotten a report, but agree with the word of God. Well, the doctor says, I got this. Well, they might, yeah, that might be a report, but Jesus, but the word of God says you got healing. That's right. Whose report will you believe? I'm going to, I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen. So we got to get a revelation and we got to, we got to speak to our problems in the name of Jesus. Jesus actually gave us power over all the works of the enemy. We have power and dominion over all the works of the enemy. Amen. We notice in Ephesians 4, 26, 27, it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let your son go down on your wrath. Do not give the devil place. We don't want to give the devil any place. We have the power not to give the devil any place. How do we give the devil place? When we agree with our sickness. When we say, this is what we have. No, no, no. It's a report. It's something that's subject to change. I'm I'm not going to receive that report. Peter talks about taking, taking authority over the enemy. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking him whom he may devour. He says, resist him steadfast in the faith. We have to resist those things that are coming against us. Yeah. Amen. That, that preacher that, would, uh, that was um, Norval Hayes, he was an older man. He was a little heavy set. And he, would, he started walking upstairs. I think he may have been in the 60s at that time. And his knee would go out. And he would say, in Jesus' name, knee, you're healed. And then he, he would, he would uh, go, keep walking up and, and he would go out again. He would flip. In Jesus' name, be healed. It took him six months and finally he would start walking up the stairs and never gave him another problem. What am I saying? Through faith and patience. We inherit the promises. In other words, instead of the enemy saying, well, you got... You got a uh, bad cartilage in your knee. You got this. And you say, well, I agree with that. I must have bad cartilage in my knee. No, no, no. You got to say, by Jesus stripes, I am healed. God's grace is bigger. God's grace to heal is bigger than the devil's ability to kill. Do you believe that today? We must believe that. We must. Uh, the number two is uh, if we're going to walk in divine health, we must understand the principle of rest. We must learn to rest in the Lord. In other words, we must learn to cast our cares on the Lord. The Bible talks about casting all your care. In 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all for Him. For He cares for you affectionately, and He cares about you watchfully. Are you understanding this? We, we, need, a, we, need, a, we need to learn to walk in the rest of the Lord. In other words, don't worry about it. What? Don't worry about it, Pastor. I just got a bad report. No, 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 no. You cast your cares on the Lord. Let God deal with it. And start thanking God that he's taking care of it. Amen? Start giving him all the praise and all the glory and all the the honor. And when we do that, we'll see God working in our lives. Did you receive it this morning? Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you that your word is working in our lives. I thank you, Father God, for divine health. 
I ask, Father God, that you'd move supernaturally, even under the sound of my voice, that people will receive healing and deliverance. And Father God, I just thank you, Lord God, that the greatest deliverance that we can receive is deliverance from the world. And perhaps you're here this morning, perhaps you're watching online, and you're not, you don't have a, a relationship with God Almighty through Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible says today is a day of salvation. You may not have another day to ask. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. So I want to lead you in a prayer, a simple prayer this morning that can bring Jesus into your heart and it give, it give you a, a place in heaven. Say this and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead. For my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 